All right, let's take our Bibles and look in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Last time we covered verse 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I don't believe we read verse 12 or 13 at all. We might have, but I, I don't rightly remember. But I told you that in the next class we would begin to study some of the gifts. But when I usually teach Ephesians chapter 4 specifically, I normally read verse number 7 and 8, and then verse number 11. I usually skip over verse 9 and 10, or either I'll read the entire portion of the Scripture, and then I'll come back and read you verse 8 and 11 together, because there's a parenthesis there. And as far as the, the subject of the context, or the object of the context, is concerned, the central teaching of the text is concerned, it's easily, it's more easily understood by reading verse 8 and 11 together. Verse 9 and 10 is a parenthesis and it speaks of a totally different subject. In verse 8 he said, he ascended up on high. Then verse 9 and 10 he's saying, now wait a minute, he ascended, he also did some other things too. And so that's what we want to cover today rather than getting into the gifts. I don't want to skip teaching the, the truths that are found in verse 9 and 10. So we'll take just a few minutes in order to look at this. And let's look at this right now. Verse 9 and 10. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things. Now this is a great passage of scripture in and of itself. And it's worded, uh, I think, just right. It says, now he that ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Now when he uses that little phrase, what is it? It's kind of like saying it's no big deal. It's not a stretch of the imagination. Now what is it? Or he says, now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended. It's not a stretch of the imagination to believe that if this Jesus that told his captors, you don't have any power over me except it were given to you by God. He said, I have the power to lay my life down. I have the power to take it up. Well, in that same vein, in that same line of thought, if he has the power to ascend up to heaven, he has the power also to descend into the lower parts of the earth. We know that God is omniscient. We know that the psalm writer said, if I made my bed in hell, thou art there. And so God is omniscient. God is everywhere. And it's not a straight of the imagination to understand that Jesus Christ when he died it's not a stretch of the imagination to believe that when Jesus Christ died he went into the lower parts of the earth and actually physically tasted death for every man now we read that verse and we say well Jesus died on the cross and then well that's not the end of the suffering see Jesus bore our sins but if we paid for our own sins we'd go to hell but Jesus paid for our sins for us and he tasted not only physical death for every man but the Bible says death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and so Jesus Christ tasted that second death for every man. That's not a stretch of, uh, of the imagination for me. It's not a stretch of the imagination for Paul either. What is it but that he descended, that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Now, when you begin to talk about this subject, it's a very controversial subject. There's uh, two lines of thought on it. One, thought, one line says that he did. One line says that he didn't. And the way that you go about proving that he didn't uh, taste the fires of hell for every man is that you just go back to the Greek and go back to these other languages 
of the early years of Christianity and you try to uh, play with the words a little bit to teach doctrines that are not, not anywhere or any place found in the Bible. And the teaching is that what the Lord's talking about when he descended into the lower parts of the earth is Hades. The Lord went to Hades, which is just a prison for unbelievers, a prison for the vile, a prison for the wicked. And that after the great white throne judgment, death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. And the lake of fire is what we should be translating as hell. And hell should be only a reference to the lake of fire, the burning place of fire the burning place of damnation but right now all the unbelievers are just kept in this place called Hades and the King James tra uh, translators have made uh, very drastic mistakes by translating all these words into hell well let me point out a few things for you first we'll start in Acts chapter 2 and in Acts chapter 2 verse 22 ye men of Israel hear these words Jesus of Nazareth a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him. Now here's a great verse. David speaking concerning him. When he says him, he's talking about Jesus Christ. How do we know it's about Jesus Christ and not about David himself? Verse number 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. He cannot be talking about David because David did see corruption. For David speaketh concerning him, verse 25, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. So the scholars be begin uh, to refute this teaching by saying Hades is not a place that has any fire it's just a place of containment it's just a prison and the Lord Jesus Christ visited that place when he descended into the lower parts of the earth and so there will be no fire no torment uh, none of these things are present in Hades and that is where Jesus visited and after the great white throne judgment what some people see it as a general judgment of all the dead but the great white throne judgment is for those that are not found written in the book of life and they're um, they're not believers and so forth and so on that's a different teaching in and of itself but the folks that believe that Jesus did not go into uh, hell itself and did not taste the second death he did not taste the flames of hell for every man they would say that this Jesus descending into hell or into the uh, lower parts of the earth and the Lord would not leave his soul in hell that's all a reference to this uh, painless uh, tormentless containment award for the dead well I would disagree with that and I would disagree with it on the basis of Luke chapter 16 there was a certain rich man 
which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. So now wait, Brother Mike, this is a parable. Well, I'd like to see where the declaration of a parable is. He didn't speak unto them a parable, as it says in every other place. There was a certain rich man. Is the Lord a liar or is he telling the truth? He's not teaching a parable here. If he were teaching a parable, he could get away with some of these things, but he's not teaching a parable. He didn't say, hear this parable. The writers of the scripture didn't say, and then Jesus taught them a parable saying, as they would normally do when he was teaching a parable. Jesus sat down to teach these people and he taught them the truth about a man who was uh, rich and that he fared sumptuously every day. And there was also another man, his name was Lazarus. And so be very careful when you begin to proclaim things that are not written in the Bible, not written in the scripture. There was a certain rich man. Sounds like a pretty certain statement to me. This is our Lord Jesus Christ teaching. Which which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And he lift up his eyes and being in torment and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, We know this is not a parable. This is a place where they've been carried after after they've died. Lazarus was carried to Abraham's bosom. This is not parabolic. This is not symbolic in any way. When the rich man begins to speak to Abraham, he's speaking to Abraham. He said those words. When Abraham began to speak to the rich man, Abraham spoke. God's not lying about something that Abraham said in order to make a point. Abraham said it. Abraham was there. Lazarus was there. The rich man said his part. He was there. So this is very real. And it being very real, it is a place of torment. It is not a place of containment. It is not a place of, it's not a ward. It's not a place of holding. It is a, it is a place of torment. And in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torment and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this F-L-A-M-E, in this flame. Hell is not a place that's waiting to be uh, put into a lake of fire before it bursts into flames. Hell is a place of flames right now. Hell is a place of flames right now. It is a prison. It is a small place, relatively speaking, in in consideration of the lake of fire. Hell enlargeth itself. It certainly will enlarge itself into a lake of fire. And that I believe that that would be as that place will be as infinite as God. I believe it will be uh, uh, many things in relationship to God. But we don't have time to teach the full lesson on hell in this particular class. But what I want to get across to you is, is that when the Bible says, because thou will not leave my soul in hell, he's not talking about a toothless place, a place of containment. He's talking about a place of torment, a place where Jesus Christ has died, has been buried and he is suffering the torments of the damned for the sins of you and me you and I the wages of sin is death our death 
requires the punishment of hell and the hell, the hell that we would have tasted had we not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ was tasted by him in our place. There's no question about that in my mind. And the only thing left to say about this is what a wonderful teaching it actually is that the same Jesus that can ascend up to, into heaven can also descend into the lower parts of the earth. And the reason Paul is making this point here is, is that if the Lord can ascend into heaven to the throne of God where no man has ever ascended before, it's, part, it's proof of his deity, a portion of the proof of his deity. Not only this, if he has power to lay down his life and take up his life again, that's proof of his deity, that's proof of his power. But this same God that can ascend into heaven, the same God that can ascend into hell and taste death forever man that can leave with the keys of death and hell hanging around his his garment the, that same Jesus that can do these things has gifted you and I to be able to uh, move through this life under the direction of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the comfort of the comforter, and the, the leadership of Jesus Christ himself, the power of God himself. That same one that can descend into hell and ascend up to heaven is the one that's giving us our direction. And not only our direction, but the supply that we need in order to follow his directions. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. He gave gifts unto men. We're gifted by the one that's able to descend into hell and ascend up to heaven to lay his life down, to take his life up. If you look in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you'll see a bunch of gifts. So over in the book of Corinthians chapter 12, you'll see a bunch of gifts that are given to men and those gifts incorporated into men, God turns them into or God uses them as apostles and prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And if you would uh, avail yourself of those gifts and become involved in those gifts as well, then God would use you. And the purpose and to the extent that he would use you, we'll cover in the next class. That's contained in verse 12, 13, 14, and 15. But be of good cheer and take take uh, some heart and, and you know find a source of joy in the fact that the one who can lay his life down and take it up, the one who can ascend into hell, uh, descend into hell or ascend up to heaven is the same one that's given you your strength to live your day-by-day -day life as a Christian. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Praise the Lord and I'll be looking for you next time and uh, I'll be looking forward to teaching next time when we'll pick up in verse number 12. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you next time.